0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome back to Believe in Everything All Miss. I'm your host, Jordan Dollinger. And as always, thanks so much for joining me today on the Believe Podcast Network. Today I'm breaking down everything that happened during last weekend's matchup between Ole Miss and Arkansas. I have Kyle Sutherland from the Hog Talk here with me today. Kyle and I got together last week to preview the game, and we're back together again today to recap it all and see if some of our predictions came to life. So welcome, Kyle.
0: Yeah, Jordan, thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you again.
1: Before we jump in, friendly reminder that once again, guys, this episode is brought to you by our partners over at BetOnline. Football is back and you can get in on all the action at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I know I definitely love to be from game spreads to totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino that never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. All right, so let's start off. Do you remember your score prediction from last week?
0: Yes. so whenever you were on my podcast, I think we both agreed that Ole Miss was going to win. Mine was 41-38, and I was the only one in our staff that picked the Rebels. And uh, so, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my score prediction was Ole Miss also 41, Arkansas 35. However, the final score of last week's game is Ole Miss 21, Arkansas 33. Ole Miss drops now to 1-3 and three on the season, while Arkansas improves to 2-2. Two and two. Last week I mentioned that one of the things Arkansas was going to have to do to hang with Ole Miss was to get off to a much faster start than they have been doing, and they certainly did that this time around. Even though they went 3-and-out on the first play of the game, it turned around pretty quickly from there, uh, largely due to turnovers, and the score was 21-0 to going into the half. What were you thinking at that moment?
0: Definitely a lot of improvement, but I was just thinking there was no way they can continue to play at this high of a level. Now, I figured that they would come out and still play really good defense, but not continue to another pick six and end up with seven turnovers. It, it reminded me a little bit, I've never seen a, a Razorback defense perform the way that they did against Ole Miss, but the closest game that I could think of, at least in this series, was 2014. It was a nasty day, senior day in Fayetteville and Arkansas ended up winning 30 to nothing and that was one of the best defensive performances I had ever seen up to that point and I think that was definitely surpassed this past Saturday but uh, yeah like you said the offense started off really slow the, besides that 95 yard drive they didn't really have a ton going uh, there was a bunch of, there was some bad run blocking really couldn't get the running game going in general some drop passes b- bad decisions by Felipe Franks there was a bunch of different things that led to some of the offensive struggles but uh I mean the defense just kept them afloat and without that I thought believe the team would only scored about 13 points or uh, maybe it was 10 and so yeah it was it was a total defensive game and uh they they definitely came to play Barry Odom you can't give them enough credit
1: yeah the Arkansas offense only scored two touchdowns on the day and unfortunately no doubt one off of the 24 points from Ole Miss turnovers definitely Matt Corral lost a fumble and threw two interceptions in the first half. In the second half, Ole Miss cut that Arkansas lead. That was 20-0 to to 26-21 to in the fourth quarter, which was promising. and made me feel like a comeback was in the works, but unfortunately for us, it was another turnover, this time a pick six with just about three minutes left that really sealed our fate. Uh, it was a weird game because Corral has been doing so well recently, but that's always what happens with Arkansas. We have the craziest matchups with each other. You referenced the 2014 game already, and every game after that over the past five years has been so. So strange. Uh, in 2015, we had the 53 to 52 in overtime. Uh, in 2017, we had the 38 to 37 one point game. Uh, this wasn't one of those really close ones, unfortunately. And that's a shame because those are the, you know, the best games. But Matt Corral just wasn't his normal self this time around. And I don't I don't know why that was.
0: I think what it was is Barry Odom, it seems like he's doing just the basic things that defensive – or that defensive coordinators talk about, but that we don't talk about when it comes to a good defense. It's really just basic stuff like tackling, getting in their head early. I said that a key to the Mississippi State game – I said that the key to stopping them was getting in their heads early. That's exactly what they did. And I knew that it was going to have to be like that with Ole Miss too, but I also knew Ole Miss had a strong running game. But Barry Odom just put them in the right position. And I think what really set the tone – was Jalen Catalan's head on. Elijah Moore still ended up having a really good game. He's an incredible player. Uh, but the hit that Jalen Catalan laid on him, I think, really set the tone at the beginning. And I, and I don't want to say Matt Corral was scared. I think that it was or scared or intimidated, anything like that. I think that it was more of just the guys being in the right place. Um, that's just a, another thing that Barry Odom did a great job of scheming up, him and his staff, putting them these guys in the right spot and studying enough film to kind of know where those plays were going. So Matt Corral is another really talented player for Ole Miss, and I don't think that, again, it was that he just came in. And I think that he was a little bit rattled, but it was more so the fact that the guys were just in the right position on defense, and that's what it boiled down to.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree, especially in that it probably wasn't a nervousness that impacted him, specifically coming off of such a great weekend prior against Alabama. But before this game with Arkansas, Corral was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in college football so far this season. He ranked in the top five in the country in passer efficiency rating, completion percentage, yards per attempt, and yards per game. Against Arkansas, Corral went 20 for 38 for 200 yards, including two passing touchdowns and six interceptions. The big question is, why... Hasn't Lane Kiffin taken him out and put Plumlee in at this point? For me, I think as soon as Corral starts doing poorly – you can't just take him out immediately because he always has a chance to turn it around and redeem himself and play better, which happens with any quarterback, right? Pro or college, that's that's typically how it goes. I know that quarterbacks can get taken out when they're consistently playing worse and worse, but I don't think anyone, including Kiffin and especially Kiffin, thought it was going to get to the point that it did with the six interceptions with Corral. It's understandable to be upset if you're a fan that Plumlee didn't get a chance to switch in, but from what he's shown us so far this season – I don't know that it would have made a lot of difference. I don't know that I would have a lot of confidence in that either. So far this season, he hasn't really contributed much at all to the to the touches that he has seen on offense. But it was really tough watching Corral end the game the way that he did nonetheless. Uh, part of me was thinking, please just take him out because this has got to be absolutely killing his confidence. And it's so tough to watch regardless of what side you're on. I mean, it was... It was really difficult. So, part of me understood why he didn't get taken out, but part of me really wished that he had just because it was very difficult to watch.
0: Well, I think you touched on it earlier about that when you had talked about his confidence could still get back up and the fact that the game was still really close. You think about what he's done this whole season. I mean, what you can't shortchange. I mean, I think that you could definitely talk about all season what that offense did against a really solid Alabama defense and he's done and again you you put out all those stats about what he's done up to that game and the fact that the game was so close because Arkansas's offense was struggling I think that's why Lane probably stuck with him it was like look you're my quarterback that's why I made this decision from the beginning of the season I, with that being said I am shocked Plumley didn't get any time you, you would think that they would have put some kind of package in for him uh, I know like you said he had uh, he had, had some trouble taking care of the ball and it, It pretty much tells me that Lane doesn't really trust him at all. Like you throw that many interceptions and you don't at least try to mix it up with some sort of package. I wouldn't be shocked if Plumlee were to transfer over something like that. I mean, that just straight up tells him we don't have any faith in you, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, do I think Plumlee was going to go in the game and just win it for us outright? No, but I was surprised as well that he didn't at least get a single touch all game, especially when it was clear that what Ole Miss was doing and had been doing all game wasn't working. Uh, to me, it was odd that the first game or two, it seemed like Kiffin was all about, or at least exploring the idea of the two quarterback system, uh, just giving it a fair go. And I understand that Corral made it clear that he was ready to be the starter, and that's what Kiffin went with, ultimately, and we knew it was something that we could expect to not see much of anymore, that two-quarterback system, if at all, you know, when we're winning. But you'd think in a situation like that, you would try whatever you can, but that wasn't the case, and that was strange to see. But on a positive note, offensively, I mentioned last week on your show that I thought some big-time Weapons in the backfield for Ole Miss would be Jerion Ely, who was actually the top rusher in last weekend's game with 23 carries for 112 yards. I also mentioned I thought Jonathan Mingo would play a larger role in the offense, which he did as well, ending with one touchdown and the second-most receiving yards behind star-wide receiver Elijah Moore, who kept that number one spot, of course, with 11 receptions. There were some good moments, but overall it was a really tough game for the Rebels and a performance that I definitely hope we don't repeat again this season.
0: Well, I don't think that it'll – it's – It's hard to duplicate something like that. You just don't see it very often. And it's just sometimes people are just off. I mean, I remember you look at baseball. I'm not sure how much you follow that. But in the SEC tournament, Brady Singer, who I believe he's a starting pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, he's in their rotation. Arkansas got like 10 hits on him in the SEC tournament, ended up beating them like 16 to nothing. So, And you see it blowouts in basketball. I think it's just I I use those as an example. It was probably just one of those things. And this offense will get back on track. I mean, you look at Jeff Lebby and, and Lane Kiff, with the offense and the defense uh, with what they did. That, that's what scares me is the, the Ole Miss defense had struggled so much up to this point, and Arkansas really couldn't do anything against them. So they took a big step, and that's something that raises I, – I don't think that we should think about it this week because it's a bye week. You celebrate the win. You just be happy that you've got two conference wins when you hadn't had any <laughs> the previous two seasons. Right. Um, and so it's definitely – that's my biggest concern is just a lack of offense.
1: Yeah, I know I definitely didn't think that the Ole Miss defense was going to have anything over the offense in this game, but I definitely didn't see anything in this game going the way that it did, but it definitely wasn't our best work, but Ole Miss did force Arkansas to punt five times in the first half, seven times total, which is huge for Ole Miss considering we forced just about five punts, I believe, across the first three games of the season so far in total. So. That's my first real takeaway here, followed up by the obvious in avoiding turnovers in the future. Prior to the Arkansas game, Ole Miss had only one turnover this entire season, which was really impressive for the type of offense that we've been playing. So we're definitely going to need to get that back under control once again. What are the takeaways on your end?
0: Definitely that I'm sold on this defense. I don't think that – just like I don't think that Ole Miss will will duplicate the kind of game that they had as far as like the bad side of it goes. I don't think that Arkansas will be – I think there will be plenty of games where they have turnovers and they get sacks and pressures on the quarterback, have some very strong defensive performances. But the main thing, I, I'm just sold that, this, that these guys can play defense. And also, too, we've got to start moving the ball. We've got to run block better. Pass blocking has been okay. But uh, Felipe Franks, sometimes he doesn't really make a good decision, or if he does, there's a drop from the receivers or tight ends. And then special teams. We we started off really bad the first three games. We're playing pretty well. We were kicking kickoffs out of the end zone, getting them in the end zone, but then we had one go out of bounds. I kind of blame that on the win, but – when I really thought that Ole Miss was going to come back was the 47-yard the fake punt. It's like, how do you not know that's coming? Late in the fourth quarter, they're down. So I'm really going to be curious to see what if the special teams can play a complete game and if the offense can really get going. They've started off, over. they're over for 4 on all of their uh, first drive of each game. So at least mm-hmm. get a couple first downs or put the ball in the end zone to start off against a and
1: yeah, I like what you said about the wind. Now that I think about it, I think the wind is what caused the seven turnovers. Now there you that I, go. Now that I'm thinking back, that wind <laughs> was really something, wasn't it?
0: It helped the defensive backs get there a little quicker.
1: It did for as, sure. As it carried. Yes, absolutely. So I will leave with a congratulations.
0: It's been, a, it's been, like you said, since 2014, it's been a great series. I know that Arkansas fans probably liked it a little. I know you guys got us the last two years, but either way, you know, it's a lot of fun, and uh, so you guys always got next year, and so it's we're never safe.
1: Yeah, at this point, it's, it's one of those games where it is solidified that Ole Miss fans might hate it, Arkansas fans might hate it. It goes back and forth, but it's not going to be one of those games that you can just check the highlights later. So awesome. Well, thank you for joining me again. Let everyone know where they can find you.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're on the Believe Podcast Network, obviously, um, just like this one is. But we're also on the Hit That Line Network through ESPN Arkansas. You can find us on their platforms, but also the Hog Talk Facebook, Arkansas Hog Talk, Twitter, Instagram. And then my personal handle on Twitter is K underscore Sutherland HTP, like Hog Talk Podcast.
1: All right, so Ole Miss fans, write that down, and everyone go tweet him right now. Some real <laughs> I, nasty stuff. I
0: was about to say, I don't I don't block, so come on. I, I, I can be a good sport.
1: All right, I'll start it off. Right after we jump off, I'll hit you with something. <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Jordan. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Well, there you guys have it. That's everything you missed from the Ole Miss and Arkansas game last weekend. This weekend, the Rebels are back home in Oxford hosting the Auburn Tigers, and I'll have a full recap of that game right here on Believe in Everything Ole Miss next week, so make sure to check back for that. I also have some really exciting interviews coming up featuring former Ole Miss athletes who are now in the pros, so make sure you're subscribed and downloading new episodes every single week wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on any of these. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Jordan Dollinger. Check back next week